Hey, welcome back to the show, Bacon Wrapped Business. This is Brad Costanzo, and it's been a few weeks since I've uh, dropped an episode onto your uh, onto your podcast machine, whatever you're listening to, whether it's iPhones or Stitcher. By the way, if you aren't subscribing to this, hit that subscribe button right now. Either you know on iTunes, on Stitcher, you know on the website. You can sign up for the newsletter. You can get all of the episodes even before they come out. But um, just got back from my honeymoon, three weeks in Greece and Istanbul. It was a great time, and I'm excited to be back. It's one of the, you know, it was fun being away for three weeks, but you lose a little bit of mental stimulation, and I was really looking forward to it. And I am really looking forward to the conversation that I'm about to have today with my guest, because from a lot of the research that I've been doing on him, my brain should be overstimulated by the end of this conversation. I want to introduce you to Justin Morris. Justin, did I say your name right? How do you... Uh Close, Maris. Maris. Okay, cool. Justin Maris. So Justin is an amazing young entrepreneur who has just really blown me away with some of the credentials that he's already brought to the world of business and you know showing startups how to how to grow their business, whether it's users or revenue, etc. And he is the author of a, a book called Traction, co-author of a book called Traction, How Any Startup Can Achieve Explosive Customer Growth. And heck, here on Bacon Rap Business, that's what one of the things we're all looking for. I could go on for hours probably about all the stuff he's done, but he is the former director of revenue and growth at Exceptional Cloud Services. He was the founder of Roommate Fit. He was the um, expert. You know, Justin, I could go on for days about some of your background, but why don't you give me a quick little, um, you know, a quick little background intro about you know, kind of who you are, perk these people's ears up. Sure. So a quick overview, you know, I started uh, two companies. One was a total fail. One got acquired. And then more recently, I was a director of revenue. So like I ran all of our growth, marketing, all everything, sales um, at a company called Exceptional Cloud Services, which Mm -hmm. was a bootstrap company that we sold to Rackspace in uh, 2013 for $12 million. Nice. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Now, now, when I said earlier you're young, like on your website it says you're 25 years old, right? I am. Cool. Yeah. So I think that, although I don't think age is a big deal, I think this is awesome, and especially because of the a lot of the stuff you've done at your age is <laughs> exceptional. <laughs> you know, the uh, and and one of the reasons I'm thinking about this, and I'm gonna direct my 21 year old cousin Michael to listen to this because he's just telling me about he, you know, he's 21 years old. He really kind of wants to do some entrepreneurial things and get in on this and I'm starting to coach him a little bit and I just think it's awesome that you know the opportunities out there for somebody you know whether you know I, I'm 41 whether it's my age or whether it's somebody your age etc it's really exciting time to be alive totally you, you seem to have worked on a lot of cool projects and with a lot of cool people in your career right yeah I mean I've been very fortunate in a lot of ways like I think I've been able to work with uh, some of those certainly some of the smartest people I've ever come across which is you know, which is awesome, and it's allowed me to learn a lot and make a ton of mistakes, and like, you know, do do some stuff uh, in a relatively short period of time. Right. So now, how how did you get started with? You know, you were the uh, director of revenue and growth at Exceptional Cloud Services. Was this your first like kind of big gig, or were you doing a lot of stuff before that? Yeah. So I met the founder of that company. Uh, basically, my my co-founder and I were living in San Francisco for a previous company, CloudFab, and so. We 
I met the founder of this company uh, ex of Exceptional through that, and we just kind of like we stayed in touch uh, after CloudFab sold. Um, you know, I went and I finished my degree at University of Pittsburgh, and then uh, and then basically after that happened, after we sold, I was graduating. Roommate Fit had you know just uh, just died and like wanted to work with basically the smartest person that I knew and. The founder of Exceptional is certainly at least top three smartest people I've ever met in my life. Like incredibly, incredibly successful entrepreneur, incredibly like genuine guy, and uh, so just jumped at the opportunity to work with him. That's awesome. Now you said Roommate Fit died. So is this the company you started, and did it just did it go out of business, or? Yeah, I mean, basically, I, I shut it down. It just wasn't working. So like, mm -hmm. you know, it was the company that I'd started when I was. Uh, 19 in college and like it I just made so many different mistakes <laughs> um, you know as I'm sure learned a lot of ways one a lot of things not to do right can relate to <laughs> yeah you probably learned a lot of things not to do for the next oh, time oh man so many things so so anyway yeah so like that that ended up not working and then um, you know I was looking at like what do I do next I clearly want to work on getting better at this whole entrepreneurship thing. Mm -hmm. I like it. I, uh, you know, I, I think that it's something I'm good at and so wanted to learn from some of the people that I thought were really, really good at it. Cool. And that was, that was this one guy, Jonathan, who was that exceptional. Oh, that's awesome. So you, you really focus, like your main focus is on the uh, you know, top line growth and whether it's customers or users and revenue. Is that safe to say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So cool. I, I just own pretty much all everything in terms of like, let's have this business grow and make more money. I own pretty much all of that. Nice. So let's let's focus in on that a little bit because I, I love this kind of stuff and I, when I have a lot of fun and looking forward to learning a couple things myself from you here. So in your experience, like you've primarily worked with tech companies, I imagine, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. awesome. Uh, so let's talk about some of the some of the things that gave you the biggest leverage for growing, uh, you know, for, for whether it's customer or user growth. And I just want you to share, I, mean, I know your, your book is coming out, Traction, which is probably going to list a lot of these. And just looking at the contents and the, you know, the description, I got all excited, like, oh, wow, that looks really awesome. Let's talk about some of the things that you think uh, had the biggest effect for companies or, you know, that, that you did and, like, surprised the heck out of you, like, wow, this was awesome. Yeah, so... In terms of big impact, like one of the biggest things that I didn't appreciate until working at Exceptional was just how powerful it is to pick up the phone and like actually talk to a customer. God forbid. I know. <laughs> I know. But I mean, every article that I read online these days about like how to make more money from a customer or marketing or growth sales, whatever, there are so many of them that are just like, here's how to automate and grow your business using whatever tactic. And while I think automation is all well and good, um, you know, we just, we saw incredible revenue growth. Um, a large, large portion of our revenue growth just literally came from picking up the phone, talking to our existing customers or people that had just signed up for trials and saying, you know, like, what questions do you have about the product? What challenges or what problems are you trying to solve with this product? 
Yeah, and so. it's not just a sales call. Like it's a, yeah. it's literally a, I want to get to know you call. And yeah. I, I agree with you. There's so many. T- I'm even pulled in that direction with, uh, you know, the companies that I've had and work with as a consultant right now. And it's like everybody just wants to get the, you know, the owner wants to get as far out of it as possible. But it's like, no, yeah, you're missing the whole point. The reason business, you know, business up until this point has always been a person-based thing. Like, you know, talk to these people. They'll tell you. And people are so starved for human contact, I believe, these days. Yeah. When you do pick up the phone and you just really legitimately want to know how you can help them, um, that's awesome. So so AIDS talking to, you know, talk to your customers because they'll tell you what they want, right? Yeah. I mean, talk to your customers. They'll tell you what they want. But I also think if you want, you know, if you're in business, there are certain actions you want your customers to take, like you want your users to take. Okay. You know, and for me, we found it was just much, much easier if we could say, you know, rather than send them an automated drip email that's like, hey, here's another to-do for you today, along with 50,000 others that are in your overcrowded email inbox. Yeah. You know, if we could just get them on the phone and say, you know, here is why you signed up. You wanted us to solve this problem. We want to fix this for you just like, but in order for us to help you, you just need to do this one thing and like, set up this widget properly. Let me walk you through how to do that right now. Mm-hmm. Like, so things like that were just so powerful. We, we went on one run where we called a bunch of our customers that were paying us uh, $79 a month and just like called through them and said, hey, we're working on like our product roadmap over the next couple months. You know, what would it take for us? What would we have to build? What kind of value would we have to deliver for you to pay us $500 a month and do it in a way that you are happy to write that check every month? And like the conversations that came out of that were just ones that I don't that I think are really really hard to gather from surveys, email marketing, and other automated channels. So let me revisit that. So you told them, yeah. So rephrase that one more time because I I think that's that's awesome. Yeah. So we we would call these guys who were already paying us, you know, seventy nine dollars a month. So they weren't paying us a ton, but it wasn't nothing either. Yeah. And we just said, you know we're working on some new features. We're like figuring out our product roadmap. We know we're solving this problem for you. What else could we solve for you or what value could we deliver that would make you happy to pay us $500 a month? So, yeah, that's what I love. You could have very easily said, and I actually, you know, this is this was worth the whole, you know, conversation for me right there because one of the things that I've done and I've suggested my clients do is have like whenever there's support uh, team or customer services talking to cu- customers and clients to always just add this on like oh by the way you know what else do you wish you know what do you wish we did better and what do you wish we did more of yeah. so it's kind of that same thing like yeah what do we what do you wish we did more of but the fact that you actually put a dollar value on that and said um, you know look, that we're working to this what would make you happy to pay five hundred dollars yeah they will then tell you more often than not, I'm sure, what would make them pay $500. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. Because otherwise, they might just tell you something that's like, oh, yeah, I'd pay an extra $10 for this unless you quantify that. So that, dude, that right there, it, I'm so happy that we talked. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it was crazy. I just like the phrasing on that too, where you're coming at it from a point of like, yes, you know, we're acknowledging we're a business and we want you to pay us more money. Mm-hmm. But really the whole conversation is framed in like what can we do that makes you want you know to pay us this amount of money right you know like man i at a certain point especially as a business i just don't think that you're price sensitive 
if you can actually solve a problem. Like if Google called me tomorrow and was like, hey, our AdWords guys found that if you write us a 20 grand check, like we can get you $30,000 worth of revenue. Like no brainer. It's a huge check, but it just doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, like with, with my consulting, I, you know, depending on the kind of company I work with, I charge a good amount of money, but I've always said I'm not worth that money. Like if, if I've got a $20,000 engagement, I was, you know, I, I believe I'm not, they're not paying me for 20,000. They're not paying me because I'm worth $20,000. They're paying me because I can solve a problem that's worth, that's easily worth $20,000 for them. It's, yeah. I've got the solution to a $20,000 plus problem. Um, and the reason I bring this up is there's a lot of people who are consultants uh, and experts who listen to my show mm-hmm. and they, you know, hey, dealing with self-worth issues can be a big thing depending on, you know, how many qualifications you feel you have or you don't have. And it can sometimes be a really like, well, I'm not as I'm not as uh, credentialed as Justin Maris or I'm not as credentialed as somebody else. But it's like, no, but if you have the if you have the answer to somebody to a problem that is worth that to somebody else, price is really no object. Completely. So, 100%. So that's cool. Um, you also talk about on your on your website, on your blog, about is it, be, it being a, a marketing technology or is it technology marketer? Oh, yeah, technical marketer. Technical marketer, right? So explain that. Yeah, so there's this, uh, so my partner and I, uh, Nat, we run this thing called Programming for Marketers. It's programmingformarketers.com. Uh, it started out as like a free email course basically to help marketers and uh, you know growth product people learn some cool things that they can do with programming mm-hmm. without necessarily having to be technical. Okay. Like can I you think give me an example? That, um, sure. So basically there's this language called SQL. If you learn the very, very basics of it, stuff that I could teach you in like an hour or two, mm-hmm. you can pretty much look up any bit of information you want about any of your customers in your like customer or user database. Nice. However, What's happening today is in almost every company, uh, in almost every situation I've seen, marketers will like say, "Hey, IT or hey, engineers, I want to figure out, you know, how many customers have bought with us, bought from us within the last thirty days or sixty days. Can you give me back that report?" And that's an engineer literally stopping whatever he's doing, spending fifteen minutes to write this query, running it, and sending back an Excel CSV to the marketer after two to three days, and like. The only reason that has to happen is because the marketer doesn't understand that SQL is a very simple thing to learn, that they can learn it in a couple hours and then never have to do this again. And now, do you have resources that you teach people how to do that then, it sounds like? Yeah, so we, we awesome. teach them. It's just like a free email course. We teach them how to do all of this stuff. And like the, the main reason I wanted to create this is just because I think there's this huge, there's this idea that like, in order to be technical, you have to learn how to program. And I don't actually think that's true. Like, I think if you want to become a technical marketer, if you go through Codecademy or any of the many online, you know, learn to code resources out there, they're going to try and teach you how to be an engineer. I think that's kind of the wrong approach. So instead, we just try and teach you, like, here are a couple principles that will be useful. And then here are seven or eight different ways that you can apply these small you know, programming abilities and skills to make more money and do a better job marketing. I love it. You know, by the way, just this is me offering some completely unsolicited 
advice just from somebody who I think this is really awesome and I'm on your page the SQL for resources for marketers this is just off your blog not the other one but oh, you yeah, yeah. call it SQL for marketers so I'm a marketer I'm not a programmer although I totally value what you just said uh, my first reaction is ooh that sounds highly technical and like I'd want to hire somebody else for that yeah. right? but I love the idea of like mining your database you know yeah. like like database mining or database you know <laughs> gold mining your database for marketers using SQL or something like that. Yeah. Um, to me, and as I said, totally unsolicited advice. I just know that my first reaction is, ooh, that looks like code. That looks hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's a good point. And uh, it's something that like I should probably revisit. It's, but it's also one of those things where it's not a full-time job. Yeah, I know. It's full a, focus. So like, I, I haven't it. AB tested it. I haven't interviewed customers. I haven't like done any of that stuff. You, you yeah. know what, one, one of the reasons this is also really appropriate, so I was sitting in my, uh, one of my client's offices yesterday, and uh, he was talking to his assistant, and he literally did this. He said, okay, I want to find out. He, he runs a SaaS, but then there's always co also coaching for real estate investors, etc. And he said, okay, so here's what I want you to do. Get with, get with uh, you know, one of our tech people or whatever, and said, I want to find out who, you know, of our all of our coaching clients, where did we... Where, what was the initial lead source and also what steps did they do? What, what all products did they buy prior to becoming this? So 100% legitimate, I mean like, what I want to say, uh, relevant to what you just said yep. and it may take several days but what you're saying is that based upon some basic knowledge of SQL or SQL and um, all this, it probably could have had it done that afternoon. Yeah, I mean he could have sat down and just run that immediately. That's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So that's that's really useful. So we're talking about you know that's one thing is being a technical marketer, etc. Let's talk to about some more bacon wrapped strategies to um, to grow your business. I know in the, on the book cover you talk about things such as just from your bullet points, you know, using offline ads and other channel channels that your competitors probably aren't using, mm -hmm. getting targeted media coverage, uh, boosting the effectiveness of your email marketing with staggered sets of prompts and updates. I'm a big fan of email marketing, so I'd love to hear a little bit more on that. Um, you know, so tell tell me about some of the email strategies that you've used that have been really effective. Yeah, so one of the biggest wins that we implemented at Exceptional uh, was a really easy one, where basically we said, you know, everyone who hasn't completed this key action within a week of signing up, mm -hmm. like they would get an email, personal outreach from the founder, just saying. Hey, you know, I saw that you signed up for a product to solve this problem. It seems like you haven't set up what's been confusing that like I could help with. And we got a really, really good response rate from that. Um, you know, and for, for us being a SaaS business, like the biggest problem or one of the biggest problems in SaaS is someone signs up for your product and then never actually uses it, never becomes a user, never becomes a customer, never pays you anything. Mm -hmm. And so that email really, really, really helped us solve that problem. And then another uh, email marketing kind of hack that we used really that worked really well for programming for marketers was uh, when you signed up, we sent you a little short email that just said, hey, thanks for signing up. We're really excited to teach you X topic. We have this bonus that we've pulled together. If you click here to forward this email to a friend, we'll kick you this bonus like right away and get you started. Yeah. And when you clicked on the link that we highlighted, it opened up an email that was already pre-populated with 
the message that we wanted to send or have the person send to their friend. And then it was BCC'd uh, bonus at programmingformarketers.com so that we could see like how many people were taking advantage of this loop and then we would auto-fulfill the bonus that we promised them. Yeah, those those viral refer-a-friend and sharing things can be really powerful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one this one worked incredibly well. Like, I think it was responsible for 27% of the people that signed up for programming for marketers. And, you know, that's like, we have over 10,000 subscribers now. So nice. that's, a, that's a good number of people. And it means for every individual person that you have signed up for the course, you know, they're bringing in a fourth of a person every single, you know, with every person that comes in, mm-hmm. which is just really, really useful. Absolutely. Now, a lot of the tactics that you're talking about, you know, kind of fall into what, you know, in the past few years have been, has become like the hot term, growth hacking. Yeah. And it's, growth hacking is somewhat different than just like direct response marketing. But so is most of the stuff that you did, is it the growth hacking tactics or is it like paid media uh, as well? You know, everything from Google and Facebook ads, LinkedIn, yeah. et cetera. So we kind of, we kind of did it all. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that you want to get, you want to like cover your bases. And mm-hmm. I think that your bases oftentimes include some number of paid media, you know? And so for us, it was like, okay, we have AdWords, that's cranking, good. We're doing Facebook, good, perfect audience, check. And then you start playing with new tactics that could really move the needle in a way, in a, in a more impactful way than just like scaling ad spend. Right. You know what I mean? Like I want to profitably scale ad spend as much as possible, but in an ideal world, like we need we need to be acquiring customers through other channels. Mm-hmm. And I would love if we could just cut our ad spend altogether because we were the only company in the space that everyone knew about, you know? Yeah. I don't think that's realistic, but I think that paid acquisition, like I generally just scaled that to a point where it was working and it was profitable and then started focusing on other channels. Yeah, no, that's, that's you know, what was, what's awesome about that too, and especially now with all of the abilities to growth hack is in the past it used to be, and when I say the past, I mean the not even the super distant past, I mean just with the internet marketing past, it's been either paid media or SEO, and people thought of SEO, I love this, oh, it's free traffic. Uh, SEO and organic is not free. You yeah. actually have to, you know, work to get that. But this is that in the middle one. It's you know that that growth hacking and the tactics and strategies from building vi- you know from going viral to just talking to your customers and encouraging them to share and just giving them a, a great customer experience so that they do talk about um, they talk about your stuff when when people are asking them hey what's a great you know software for X Y Z they're mm-hmm. talking about it because they've had such an amazing experience and these days you can't afford to put out a turd as a product because it no. won't. You know, the best marketing in the world may get you your first customers, but it'll, you know, you'll fail it'll immediately. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, Un- exactly. Unfortunately, in the past, you used to be able to, yeah, just put lipstick on a pig and great marketing <laughs> and great copywriting will do all the heavy lifting, but no longer. Yep. <laughs> what What else out there? Like, what else is on the horizon? What is there anything that you have... Um, just started toying with that you're really excited about? Any kind of like new opportunities for revenue growth out there that um, you know that you think are just really ripe but underutilized? For sure. I mean, I think that you know one reason that we're doing a ton of podcasts for the relaunch of Traction is I think that they're a huge platform with tons and tons of visitors and listeners, but. Right now, it, it's severely underpriced as like yeah. a medium to reach people. Yeah, like if if you were to go to a you know a big media company 
and say, hey, I can, you know, what would it cost to reach 50,000 people who are interested in business on the radio? They would have a certain number, and that number would be far, far, far higher than what it would cost to get on a podcast and reach those same people, you know, through platforms like yours. No, you're absolutely right. And so it, it just seems like tons of listeners, tons of uh, attention assets in the podcasting world, and there hasn't, like, the price hasn't risen to, you know, match the value that's locked up in these podcast audiences. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And the cool part is is the the vast majority of podcasters are not making big money off mm-hmm. of them, right? So they are they are clamoring for great content and great people and you know as a podcaster who who is also like thinking okay if I'm, am I going to do a topic by myself today or am I going to bring on a guest uh, I, you know, I'm always looking for ideas for great topics so when you know you were referred to me I'm like yeah no this is great looks like somebody I want to talk to so immediately giving you an audience for free versus you know having to go to somebody else and pay for the opportunity to be put in front of their yeah. in front of them so share a couple strategies that I've this is one of those things that I have not directly done but I've been toying with this idea in my mind this is the first time I've actually shared it publicly you know awesome. over the air over, instead of just like with a couple of close friends or colleagues and it's it's potential opportunity here that I'm trying to flesh out so remembering that majority of the podcasters are not making you know they're not necessarily getting enough traffic to have all these paid ads and pre-roll mid-roll etc uh, advertising, but the one thing that all podcasters want is exposure. Uh, you know, myself included, everybody. And it's um, one of the things that companies can do who have great products, whether it's a physical product or um, you know, or a SaaS or something like this. If that company has, uh, whether it's a blog, a social media presence, an email list, etc., it's very. I believe it would be very easy for them to reach out and contact other podcasters, influential podcasters who are kind of like right in that they're not total nobodies, but they're not, you know, they're not getting paid ten thousand dollars for an ad, and say, listen, I, you know, I would love not only just be interviewed by you, but let's do a barter for you know some ad space if you you know talk about my show over the next, and I'm just spitballing here, talk about my show uh, every episode for the next month, I will do a social media tweet or Facebook share about you. I'll email my list about your podcast, you know, with my episode and say, yeah, and you guys really should go subscribe to this. I'll put a link to you on my blog. Basically, I'll trade you exposure for an ad. And I don't hear about many people doing that, but I really think that would be powerful because uh, I know a lot of podcasters out there. And the one thing they're always talking about, especially the ones who are trying to make it a big part of their business, which, you know, this is just, this is an outlet for my business. But, um, they're clamoring for exposure, so I'm I'm willing to bet that people could get a lot of, you know, pre and mid roll ads absolutely, oh, absolutely for free. Absolutely, because they just want the love. Like, oh my God, you're gonna you're gonna tweet about me and Facebook about me and and email your list about me. I will sell my soul to you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, completely. Yeah. So I even said this to a friend of mine who's got a um, he's got a powdered greens drink. Um, and I told him, you know, reach out to some all the health podcasters out there. Just listen. You can listen to one show for thirty seconds. If they don't have an ad on there, send them, send them the, send them the product. You know, pitch them a, uh, get interviewed by them, and just propose something. Look, I'd like to sponsor yeah. your show in return for social love. Yeah, completely. I so, think it's a great idea. So, um, what what else? Any other big? 
any other big um, opportunities out there you see you're excited about? Um, or that's working, whether you're doing it or other people are? I mean, I, I have a feeling that you probably pay attention to a lot of the di- different tactics and strategies out there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, man, there's there's a lot of things that are working re- well right now. I'm seeing email courses work incredibly well. Um, you know, like doing a free email course as lead gen has just been doing nuts. You know, it's been incredible over the last like six to twelve months. So let, let, let me let's hunt that rabbit. That's uh, that's one of my uh, sayings when I live, used to live in Texas. <laughs> let's hunt that rabbit, son. Um, okay, because in the past I've toyed with this and I kind of teeter. I, I didn't have any data to really back it up, but. Um, so email courses, uh, you're talking about the ones that are dripped out like a 14-day email course, right? Or seven-day email course mm-hmm. where they learn a little bit every day. Yep. So are you saying that they're working really well in terms of, uh, A, just initial conversion rate of getting people to opt in on your list or getting people to take action once they're on there or both? Both, honestly. Okay. I mean, you know, to give you an idea, my partner and I, Nat, we launched programming for marketers as a free email course just because like we both thought it was cool it was it was solving a problem for us it was something we wanted to educate people about and you know become known for and whatever so we launched it it was like cool let's just see how this does because i have no idea where this could go it seems like a, a fun side project and you know we basically wrote like 100 pages worth of content for it like nice. not not a huge investment but mm-hmm. not nothing um, so we tested it we got Near, now we have nearly 10,000, but we got like 6,000 people or so to sign up. And just from that like 6,000 person list and a eight email sequence that we sent them, we were like, wow, maybe we should test selling them a video course. And like in the span of, uh, in a very short period of time, we tested selling this video course and we made like 50 grand from that. Nice. And so for me, I look at that and it's like, that's crazy that we can spend you know like a week or two writing this content get a couple thousand people to sign up for an email course and then sell fifty thousand dollars worth of like a product launch like mm-hmm. you you read bloggers who have been at it for you know <laughs> three to five years churning out two to four blog posts a week and then they do their first product launch and then they like end up making 25 grand or 50 grand or yeah. whatever you know it just it seems like such a way to hack the process and make it go a lot faster. So what do you think makes it the the format of the course, the the, the free email course work so well versus yeah. just giving it to them like because you, you, you could have easily packaged that up in a 100-page PDF and send it to them. Is it the you know the ability to just constantly stay in touch with them a little by little over the Yeah. I think that's a big piece of it. I think the other big piece is that there's something about blog posts and even a lot of PDFs that just feel less actionable. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have tons of different, I have tons of content telling me what I should do, um, you know, telling me what I should think about you know, all of this. But it's really, really hard to predict, you know, like, or decide what to focus on. Yeah. And so I think that by helping people say, like, we're going to drip out these really useful, incredible tactics to you once every two days. The idea is you can open it, implement something in 15, 30 minutes, archive that email, go on with your day, and you've actually made a meaningful business improvement. Yeah. You know, at least that's what's attractive to me about it. I like that. 
So that's been working well. Nice. Are you noticing that people are like? Does every email that you send out have a call to action on it, like a or a click here to find out more? Like as far as no. Okay. I mean, a lot of them do, but um, not a lot actually. Some of them do, mm-hmm. but again, like this is this is part of it not being like a real business for either of us. It's just horribly under optimized right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Like there's a lot more we could do that we're just not going to do because we're working on different things. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some of the things you're working on. So, like these strategies and tactics are, are really awesome, and you've got your book launching October sixth, right? Yep. Cool. Looking forward to getting that, um, and everybody else should too. It's called Traction. And um, tell me about some of the other stuff you're working on right now, because I, I like. Are, are you working? You know, with your partner, is this something you know? You've got your own business. Are you consulting? Are you? Yeah. So I, I just did one consulting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I basically finished my earnout at Rackspace, and then uh, I had one consulting engagement. Um, you know, which I'm happy to chat more about if, like, yeah. if your audience is interested in that. But uh, but now I'm actually starting a health food product company. So along with my brother, uh, you know, we're starting a health food product company called Bone Broth. Uh, uh, I love it. Yeah, so basically we're the first and only company selling a beef bone broth that is not frozen when you order it. And we we just launched like 40 days ago, but it's been a it's been a, it's been off to a good start. And so this is like taking up almost all of my time outside of the book now. Cool. So what are this company? So what are some of the things that are you're doing following your own advice to grow this? Yeah, so one focusing only on a couple channels to start with. So we're we're really focusing on Instagram. Um, you know, we're focusing on social media to try and grow and drive traffic to the bone broth business, as well as to do like customer education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so th- that's a big one is like focus on things that will focus on like one or two channels to start that'll actually move the needle. And this is one, you know, social is really, really good for educating people. And we've seen it actually works well to drive traffic as well. So these are just the channels that we're, we're focusing on uh, really well right now. Okay, so really using customer education to get them to come through and then purchase. The, what's the name of the company so people can go check it out? and? Yeah, it's buy. called uh, Bone Broth Co. So it's just like bonebroths.com. So there's an S on the end there. Bone Broths. But is it Bone Broth Co.? Uh, no, just bonebroths.com. So we're doing oh, a brand as well. Perfect. Again, poor naming decisions on my part. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's cool, though. Um, and is, is it starting to get traction? Yeah. Love yeah. It. So we we launched in uh, on August 12th. And so today is the end, you know, end of September. And uh, we've we've done more than six figures in revenue already. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. So it start, it's off to a really good start. And... You know, there's a ton of room to grow. There's a ton of like customer education we have to do, uh, but it, it is like a hot and trending product. It's incredibly healthy. We've yeah. seen a lot of our customers benefit from it. Um, so you know, I'm excited to like be a part of it and see where this goes. Now that is exciting. Are, are you doing paid advertising for that, or is it just really all just growth hacking? We are, yeah. So we're doing um, some Facebook, some AdWords, uh, but you know, we're trying to most of it. We're trying to focus on like organic traffic, some partnership marketing. Um, you know, and testing on a couple of channels. So, 
We'll nice. see. But, it, it, you know, excited about where it is right now. Nice. Well, I've definitely got some people that I can introduce you to who are really big in the health space and organic food and marketers, et cetera, who, who would probably, who I know, for, who, and I know for a fact, love bone broth. So, Oh, dude, I would love that. Yeah. And this might be, you know, some good partnerships and education capabilities or stuff. So, you know, I'm happy to make that introduction there. Um, that would be amazing. So what other... Uh, any other nuts you're trying to crack? Oh, you, 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 I wanted to circle back to one other thing before we go, which is you said the consulting that you're yeah. doing. You said, yeah, we can kind of explore that. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about the consulting. Yeah. So I uh, just basically had one consulting deal that, uh, that you know, was quite lucrative, I guess, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I've started doing with my consulting is like structuring it. Well, what I was doing before I decided to focus on the um, – was structuring it in a way that is where it kind of puts you on the same page as your customer and removes a lot of doubt. And so, you know, one thing that I saw work really well um, in terms of getting people excited to work with me was just like saying, hey, what do you think of doing an agreement with a very basic retainer, mm-hmm. like call it, you know, a couple grand a month or whatever? Mm-hmm. And then, a little bit of skin in the game. Yep, but like really, really, really high upside for if we just crush like the goals that we set up as a contract. Okay, so what's a really, really, really high upside range? Sure. So for for us, we looked at uh, you know my partner and I worked with this one company, and we said, "Here's where you guys are right now. Where do you want you know if we could get you to a certain place a couple months from now, what would that place be?" And like that would just make you incredibly excited. And so they told us, I'm like, we're like, great, let's do this. You pay us $1,800 a month as our base fee, which mm-hmm. is very, very cheap. Yeah. You know, and then you you tell us, like, we can see that you're acquiring leads right now through AdWords, through paid, through whatever, at this dollar amount. For every lead that we drive, you know, that is above the trailing two-month threshold, of leads that you're driving will get paid a certain amount that is less than what you're paying for, on a per lead basis right now. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because it, it is a little complex. So No, I get it. Okay. So so we said that in like the first month, um, you know, because their growth had kind of flatlined, we did a bunch around organic traffic, around conversion rate optimization and the like, and we got our $1,800 base fee, and then they wrote us a check for forty two grand for the amount of leads that we drew up that month. Yeah, beautiful. And like, as a company, um, you know, it's a big company and like, the numbers back out for them where if they if they can acquire a customer for less than $100, they'll do that all day. Right. You know? And so for them, they're ecstatic. And for us, like, we're very happy, obviously, as well. Yes. You know? So, uh, tactically, when you did this, did you... Did you set up your own lead capture funnels, et cetera, in order to do this work so that you could totally segregate out what you were doing, or did you just intermingle it and kind of like add on to what they were doing? Yeah, we intermingled it. Okay. So, you know, we, we added on a lot of stuff, but it was, they were okay with that just because they just wanted to grow. And, right. You know, for, for us, like, it was pretty clear that if we looked at the previous months, you know, anything that we changed going forward, you could roughly attribute to us, um, you know, minus some percentage, which is 
why we weren't getting paid like exactly what they were paying for other leads. Sure. Um, and so, you know, we could just say like, okay, we started this date. Thirty days later, your lead volume has like increased by sixty percent. You know, that's not from something you guys did. That's us. And so we're, you know, they they were happy to like pay for the performance that we drove. Nice. And then you put so you put a dollar amount bait on the per lead as opposed to just a percentage of sales. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Yeah, that keeps it even. Um, that keeps it a little bit cleaner as well. Definitely. And yeah, I kn- and go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I want you to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean the thing that I liked is it's it's it makes them think of me not as like a consultant where they're constantly evaluating. You know, how well are you doing? Do I like working with? Do I think I'm getting the value out of the retainer? or the money I'm paying you. And it was much more like, okay, we're going to spend you know, X dollars on Facebook, we're going to spend X dollars on AdWords, and we're going to spend X dollars on Justin. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then like, you know, if we have a bad month, we don't get paid. We get paid $1,800 a month, which is a drop in the bucket for any company doing serious revenue. Yeah, that's true. Because they know it's the, the, the most of it is on performance. I, I operate mine... You know, very similar too. It's a you know a little bit of skin in the game, depending on what we're doing. But uh, you know, in general, I want to be paid based on you know the performance of the tactics and strategies. Totally. That I yeah, bring. And I don't know. I see a lot of people who are like talk about trying to get their hourly rate up and everything. And yeah. to me, that just seems like kind of like the wrong game to play. I think it's the exact wrong game to play. Because with that, like, you're, there's a lot of negotiation pain. There's a lot of animosity. It's all up front. And then you start the relationship. Neither of you are probably super happy with, uh, you know, with how the negotiations went. And now you have to perform, and you're under a lot of pressure. Right. And I think this kind of flips that on its head. Right. So in in this instance, this is just personal curiosity. Did did the things that you did did it involve them doing a lot, or was it a lot of stuff that you could do? Because I know that that's one of the you know, headaches as a consultant is sometimes you're, you know, you're telling the company the bigger they are, sometimes the worse it is because they're, you know, they're, it can take longer to actually execute something. Um, but was a lot of this kind of like you guys had the reins and the ability to make changes to whatever you needed to do or did you have to kind of make that into the contract? Like, nice. Here's what's going to happen. You know, you're, we need something done and we expect it done in this amount of time. Or if that doesn't happen, then, you know that's that's a breach, and we're going to have to discuss that. Mm-hmm. So, but we brought in like our own developers to make changes. We did, we did a lot of stuff where I was like, guys, just give me some leeway here. I'll check with you before we do things, but give me some leeway. It'll allow us to move faster, and then you know we'll be able to make better things happen in a much much faster way. Yeah, I've noticed that in doing that, like kind of learn the hard way, and you know, getting paid just as a once in a while, I still have some clients who just just pay me to get on the phone and consult with them and tell them what to do. However, I have found, unfortunately, that uh, a lot of times they end up not things come up and they don't necessarily do what I tell them to do, and it it can sometimes yep. be a very simple thing. But if they don't do it, they don't see the results, and then I just look like an expense. Yeah, but it, it's not my fault. It's like, well, if you did it, it would have worked. <laughs> You know, yep. um, and Absolutely. and then you know I toy personally with the idea like how much how dirty do I want to get my hands or my team's hands in actually saying okay move over let me just do this yep. versus 
you know, so I, I played with that, but I think the way what you said that it's really the fastest way to actually getting results and proving your metal and staying on board as a trusted advisor who gets paid handsomely is to say, look, I've got the team members. You you guys give me enough room, let me run. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And so, I mean, if you if you perform like we can afford to hire people, we can afford to bring in good people, we can afford to run experiments. You know, all the numbers just back out. Right. And one of the things I tell my clients as well is, you know, I've got two goals when we start this relationship is uh, an immediate return on investment and then a forever return of investment. Like, uh, you know, if you're paying me 1800 a month or 5000 or 10000 whatever it is a month, it's like my first goal is to make sure that you get that monthly amount back as quick as possible. So I'm going to look for the low-hanging fruit and I'm going to look for the things that are going to get, you know, that back so I never want to be seen as an expense yeah um, and when exactly. you can do that you can really write your ticket exactly awesome man this has been uh, this has been really great and I cannot wait to read uh, traction when it comes out looking forward to it um, what, anything else you want to share with the folks how they can either learn more about you or you know obviously they can find your book on Amazon etc but yeah so uh, you know, if anything that I've mentioned sounds interesting, uh, they can go to tractionbook.com cool. and check out. They can download the first three chapters of the book for free. You know, we don't hard sell our list or anything like that. Just, uh, you know, if you want to check out the first three chapters, it might be useful and hopefully helpful. Um, so we definitely recommend that they do that. Otherwise, I'm at JW Mares on Twitter and we'll respond to anyone who listens to this. would love to, like, answer questions or whatever I can. Nice. Are you um, are are you still taking consulting clients, or if people want to work with you, kind of probably situation dependent? Yeah, I am not actually. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, focusing, trying to focus on a uh, on the bone broth thing. Nice. Well, I'm uh, I'm going to remind myself here to uh, make some introductions there that may be able to be, you know, to help you out, and I think that's really cool. And I haven't heard of anybody um, really tackling that market. I, I kind of hear a visit. Everybody, you know, I'm I'm big into health and health food etc as well so anybody who is kind of probably understands how great bone broth is but i always see it as just this little side side product that people oh yeah it's, we, it's also bone broth yeah but i love the fact that you're kind of going directly towards that so that's awesome yep all right justin well thank you very much for being on the show my brother uh for anybody out there listening if you have any questions uh for him or you want to read the book he's giving you the information go get it tractionbook.com and follow him on twitter at jw maris and if you have any questions for me if you have any show ideas or you know suggested topics uh, questions about your own strategies or you want to see if um, any of my expertise will help you in your business you can always reach out to me at askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com or visit costanzomarketing.com and I suggest that you subscribe to the show if you're not already and go over to um, baconwrappedbusiness.com subscribe to the newsletter I share a lot of cool strategies and events and things invites that I don't share with the rest of my uh, you know just here for free and the uh, newsletter is absolutely free it doesn't cost you a penny but I uh, look forward to hearing from you guys and Justin I look forward to chatting with you more in the future and wish you tons of luck on both the book launch as well as the bone broth dude thanks so much for having me on this has been fantastic nah, my pleasure man talk to you soon and guys see you next time <laughs>